When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Did you miss Canty and Carlin? Shay Cornette and Courtney uh, filling in for the guys today here on Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio, ESPN 2, Series XM Channel 80, and on your smart speakers. ESPN Radio is presented by Progressive Insurance, and you can call us on the Dr. Pepper call online, 888-SAY-ESPN, 888-729-3776. You know, it's V-Week at ESPN, and we partner with the V-Foundation to highlight the urgent need for cancer research. This is game-changing research that helps save lives. You can join the fight against cancer by visiting v.org slash donate. 100% of your donation goes directly to cancer research. Again, that is if you are able, um, and we know what amazing work the V Foundation does, and we always talk about it here on ESPN Radio. But, Courtney, it has been a minute since we worked together. Also, uh, for those that don't know, Courtney and I are both Indiana grads. we got a big game tonight against North Carolina. The biggest one of the Big Ten ACC Challenge this week. Girlfriend, I agree with you. I'm really looking forward to it. But in the meantime, we've got a lot of football to talk about. We'll sprinkle in our Hoosierisms um, throughout the day. So, again, Shea Cornette, Courtney Cronin, filling in for the guys here on Candy and Carlin. We're with you for the next couple hours, so buckle up. we got a lot to get to, including the fact that Deshaun Watson is going to return for the Browns this weekend. Um, it's his first game back in over a year. Um, I don't know that we need to go through all of what has transpired over the last year because I think we've talked about that, Courtney and I, and everyone else at ESPN and in the sports world at nauseum. But it is important to point out that this is um, this is a big deal for a lot of reasons. I don't. I didn't think we were going to see Deshaun at all this season, and now he is coming back playing against his former team. Which Courtney, I don't know how you feel about this. To me, it it does it matter that he's playing the Texans with how lousy the Texans are? Like, I hate to just make it all about football, but that's kind of where we're at this thing. It does matter because of what's going to happen outside of what's taking place on the field at Energy Stadium. And we do know from Tony Busby, the lawyer who represents all of the women in the, their civil suits that have filed against Deshaun Watson dating back to, to last year, that at least 10 women will be present kind of in a, in a form of solidarity and also in a very visible way that, you know, Deshaun Watson going back to the place where all of these allegations stem from of sexual misconduct, sexual mm-hmm. harassment, sexual assault, like they're not going quietly, I, I feel, is the message, Shay, that we've gotten Agreed. from the victims. And yeah. it's I, I just keep going back to August when when we found out about what the suspension was for Deshaun Watson, how many games he would have to serve. And then looking at the calendar, realizing what 11 games in what the 12th game would be, what that looked like. And it's like, wow, cruel twist of fate. Uh, I don't know if the NFL did that purposely. Judge Sue L. Robinson probably didn't look at the calendar because I don't know why you would have him start up his 2022 NFL season against the team where he wanted to get traded away from so vocally. But my goodness, I mean, there's a lot of drama going into this game. We have yet to actually hear from Deshaun Watson himself on that, which is wild because this is typically the day that quarterbacks talk. But there's so 
much here for a team that just beat the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and might actually have a path to the playoffs, as weird as that sounds. So let's go back to that. So Deshaun Watson, I get Courtney's right. For those that don't know, quarterbacks typically talk on Wednesdays. Courtney obviously covers the Bears. I covered the NFL and the Bears for a long time, too. And so Wednesdays is when the starting quarterback for the team usually speaks. Also, Courtney, I remember thinking, like, if you were unsure if your quarterback was going to play or not, if they spoke on Wednesday, sometimes that gave you a good indication of how they were feeling adding into the game. And so the Browns don't have a quarterback available to speak this week, or at least they don't have Deshaun Watson available to speak today. We don't know if he'll speak the remainder of the week. But you and I were texting about this on the side. Why? Why do this? There's already a circus going on around your entire franchise. This has already been an uphill battle for your franchise and the way it's been handled, all the all the different people it's had to go through to actually get to this point where he's finally going to put on a uniform. You paid him all this money, albeit not this season, but going forward. So why stir the pot even more? Why make us even say this even more? If he's going to be your starting quarterback going forward and you feel confident in that decision, what's the problem? Put him out there on a Wednesday to speak to the media. Because eventually he's going to have to address these questions and all these issues, Shay, that have popped up for the last like you know months and months and months. And that's the thing that's frustrating because the last time we heard from Deshaun Watson was before that preseason game against Jacksonville. That's the only time we've seen him in a Browns uniform to date. And he talked very briefly. That was August 18th. It's been months since then, and he served his suspension. These questions are going to come one way or the other. They have to make him available after the game on sa- on Sunday. Do you really want to wait and have that be the first time that he speaks? Because, you know, he will get fined. If he doesn't speak this week, starting quarterbacks have to talk at least once during the week, and those days are typically Wednesdays. It varies by team, but that's, you know, normally when the NFL mm-hmm. goes about this. So... I I don't understand the point in delaying it unless they want to try to like give some sort of explanation because it doesn't really sound like there's a logical one right now or one that would at least excuse why he's not talking today if there's not a plan for him to talk Thursday or Friday. And and if you're trying to protect him, like as you just said, there's no protecting him in this situation. The questions are going to get asked, whether it's after a game, before a game, stopping him in the hallway, when he goes to the podium in front of his locker, it doesn't matter. The questions are going to get asked. So Make them available. Get it out of the way. And then if you're really focused on turning the page and focusing on football, you can actually do that. But again, with the circus, it's frustrating from all accounts, from a female perspective, a reporter perspective, I'm sure a Browns fan perspective. But yet it continues in Cleveland. And so Deshaun Watson not available on Wednesday, the typical day that a starting quarterback should speak prior to the first game that he will start for the Browns against the Houston Texans this weekend. It's Canteen Carlin on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Series XM Channel 80. Shea Cornett, Courtney Cronin filling in for Canteen. Carlin here on ESPN Radio. Let's hear from the head coach of the Browns. That would be Kevin Stefanski. Let's start with this. How is the team dealing with the outside noise? Because we know there's a lot of it, okay? Heading into the Houston game this weekend. Here's the head coach of the Browns. Control what you can control. And uh, we have to have a great week of practice and be ready to play a great game on Sunday. Okay, well, pretty straightforward coach speak there. <laughs> Thanks, Not, Kevin. Thank you, Kevin. Okay. Um, what about how is the offense, what are they like dealing with Watson? Before we get to that sound, too, Courtney, I'd heard prior to the Browns' last game against the Bucks that, that Watson was starting to get incorporated in, in practice with the ones more so um, than Jacoby Brissett was, which is why I actually thought the Browns were going to lose to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. So the fact that Jacoby Brissett played the way he did and they actually came away with the W I thought was surprising considering they were already folding in Deshaun Watson. But nonetheless, he's been with those ones for a few weeks now. How is it going? Here's Kevin Stefanski again. I think. 
Deshaun's been here for five weeks, been around his teammates, been out of practice, been in walkthroughs. So uh, I've said it to you guys before, you know, you know this, but this is about us versus Texans is really the focus. Sweet. Uh, okay, so he's been around the team for five weeks, yet he still can't talk on a Wednesday. I don't know what to make of that. Uh, Courtney, any takeaways from what you just heard from Kevin Stefanski? Well, what we didn't hear is that Stefanski talked was asked about, well, where's Deshaun? Like, why isn't he talking on a Wednesday? He said, quote, that's not my department. And you brought up a good point when we were kind of walking through this before the show that you're the head coach of this football team. It very <laughs> much does fall in your department. If you want to get this out of the way, and I hate – the fact that the word distraction is going to be thrown around here because given all of the allegations around Deshaun Watson, given everything that we know from the victims and the accusers and those who have come forward, it kind of is a slap in the face to call all of his off-the-field stuff that he's not yet addressing a quote-unquote distraction. But that's what Kevin Stefanski is very clearly viewing this stuff as, as to why we're having to quote-unquote block out the noise and all of that. But why not get this out of the way now? If you don't want this to drag along and you want to get into the game plan and make this all about football and all about preparing for the 1-9-1 and Houston Texans, <laughs> then you go ahead and address this head-on on a Wednesday. You know it's going to be a long press conference. You don't have your PR people stand in the way and yell two more when he's gone for five minutes. Like, Or have him read from a statement. My goodness, the easiest way they could have handled this, and this wouldn't obviously be to the benefit of any media members, but just thinking, put him out there, have him read from a statement and then say, I'm not taking anything but football questions. That's the easiest path of least resistance to handling this. And they chose to make this harder on themselves because it's only now becoming more more apparent that he's not going to talk today and we don't know when he's going to talk and we need to hear from him at some point because he's been gone Shay the last 11 games and we haven't heard from him since August yeah and it just continues to be this circus in Cleveland and quite frankly it is just frustrating from all aspects of it like it's a continuous eye roll of why why do you keep doing it this way and the one thing I will say about the Cleveland Browns that that really bothers me is there's never accountability taken and yet again it continues today on a week where you should be focused on bringing in this quarterback that you believed in and you believed everything he said and everything that he could provide to your team and yet it's radio silence let's bring Keyshawn Johnson our ESPN NFL analyst co-host of Keyshawn J. Will and Max into the conversation here and and Keyshawn so this weekend obviously we're talking about the Browns going to play the Texans Deshaun Watson under center going up against his former team now this is a quarterback outside of everything that's gone on that hasn't played in the National Football League in well over a year what do you anticipate seeing from the starting quarterback for the Browns this weekend against his former team? First of all, how are you guys doing? Um, I don't know that we'll see much. I mean, they got a strong running game. Texans aren't a very good football team, but I think you're going to see a guy trying to figure out how to get back in the fold and and to get his farm back. I'm not anticipating seeing big numbers, things that allow you. You might see a throw or two here, you might see a run or two there, but for the most part, I think it's just all about getting his feet wet again. Yeah, and on that note, Key, they would have to go 5-1 and one minimum in this stretch of games to make the postseason. They have a 7% chance now when you look at everything coming off of that Tampa Bay win. Is this year, from a football perspective, more just get Deshaun Watson immersed in this offense and start to think ahead to 2023, just given that they're a 4-7 and seven team right now? Or do you think that they're actually going to look at this with an outside shot at the playoffs and say, hey, we've got our guy, we have a talented roster, yes, there have been some injuries, but we think we can make a run for it. 
I think it's a little bit of both, but I think until they're mathematically eliminated, the focus will be let's just win as many games as we can and let's see what happens. Let's see who starts to fall apart in the AFC. I mean, obviously, teams like the Raiders and the Chargers and, and, and the Steelers, all these teams are kind of like around, hanging around and breathing, but they're going to all eventually fall off, including Cleveland. Somebody's got to emerge. Somebody's got to get the six and the seven spot. And if you have an opportunity to get the six and seven spot, you can be a dangerous team going into the playoffs. The reason being is maybe maybe that rust comes off a little sooner than what most people think with him, and he becomes something different. Uh, we know what they have in a running game. We know what they have uh, with Jacoby Brissett at the quarterback spot. I would say – that teams like this that get hot in the end become more dangerous than you think come playoff time. So maybe they think it that way. Uh, I, I wouldn't just package the season up and decide to leave just quite yet. Yeah, they still have to see what's in front of them. Keyshawn Johnson joining us here in Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio. Shea Cornette, Courtney Cronin filling in for the guys today. Okay, let's turn our attention uh, to the Packers here. Uh, it sounds like Aaron Rodgers is going to play this weekend despite being banged up a little bit and undergoing some tests. We obviously saw a little bit of Jordan Love last week. Packers have to face the Bears, a team that they typically have quote-unquote owned. But do you think that's the right decision to have Aaron Rodgers go out there given the season that the Packers have had so far? Yeah, I, it is the right decision because if he can play, he plays and he wants to play. Uh, I think he's 23-5 and five, lifetime against Chicago Bears. You mentioned own. Yeah, he, he owns them. He's refinanced them, bought them back again at a cheaper price, <laughs> sold them again, bought them back again. So this is a perfect situation because you got the Bears, you got the Rams that can't fill the team because of the injuries. You got Miami, which is a tough test. See what they're made about going to San Francisco. First tough defensive opponent that they faced outside of the Bills that was banged up when they played them. Then you got the Vikings, which I don't think many people really think great, you know, high of them despite their record. And then you got the Lions that seems to always be fighting. But this is Aaron Rodgers. And I know I say that with ease, this isn't years ago when he said, relax, I get it. But again, much like Cleveland, until you're mathematically eliminated, you want to try to feel the best team possible that you can put on the field to compete. It's just such due time that people say, hey, man, you're not going to the playoffs. Then you may want to look at Jordan Love. But right now, if he can play, you play him. And he and he's going to do that anyway. That's just his decision. It ain't Matt LaFleur's decision. So on the note of Love, though, because we don't know what this guy is outside of a couple instances here and there, um, he's a 2020 draft pick that they have not really gotten an accurate look at. Like, what do they have to do considering Aaron Rodgers, when he comes back next year, he's still got a couple years left on this mega deal that he signed in the offseason. Do they need to play Jordan Love so they know if they can trade him or not? Like, what do you think the end game is here with him? Or is he just going to sit for another year? See, you said they don't know anything about him, right? No, they know we don't. When I say we, I mean like the general public, the media. We don't know what Jordan the love is. When you see a guy every single day walking in the building, when you see a guy at practice and a little bit of film that you have seen in him uh, uh, in live action, you can, you can certainly judge what he could potentially be. He's gotten better than uh, he was in 2020 and 2021 for sure. I watched him the other day, balls coming out a lot different. He's hitting his back foot and letting it rip. He's not putting the baby to sleep. And so you can tell if a guy has – if you're around him enough, if he has something that, you know, will make you go wild. Because think about it. And, and, and look, and I'm not 
comparing him to Aaron Rodgers. I'm not comparing him to Brett Favre. But did they know what they had in Aaron Rodgers before they decided to move on from Brett Favre? No, because no one's seen Aaron Rodgers. You just assume, oh, okay, they're tired of Brett Favre. They must really like Aaron Rodgers because they told Brett Favre to pound sand. But, yeah, they told him to pound sand because he'd been playing with him for five years on the, oh, I don't know what I want to do. I'm going to retire. I'm going to come back. Oh, no, I think I'm going to give me a week, all that sort of stuff. So we don't really know what they think about Jordan Love. All we know is that what we saw early on was mixed reviews, but the kid has gotten better. Which is obviously good news when the public is trying to see what they also have in a quarterback. Uh, Shea Cornett and Courtney Cronin filling in for Canty and Carlin here on ESPN Radio. Keyshawn Johnson also joining us right now. Okay, let's go to the mess that is the Denver Broncos. Sounds like Nathaniel Hackett today defended Russell Wilson, says that he doesn't expect to make a quarterback change. Again, I don't know that that's the conversation the Broncos should be having when there's a mess of other problems. But I guess the simple question is, What's happened? Like, this was a team that everyone thought was a quarterback away, and that clearly is not the case. So whose fault is it that the Broncos are such a disaster this year? I think it's a, I think it's just like you said, it's a lot, right? It's just a lot. It's not all on Russell Wilson. They probably, in my opinion, they probably shouldn't trade ever trade it for Russell Wilson. That was a mistake by their front office uh, to think that they were a quarterback away. I talked to uh, Mark Slith in the offseason before they even made this trade, and they were talking about Aaron Rodgers, and Mark Slith told me, he says, hey, Keith, even if they got Aaron Rodgers, they're not even a playoff team. Now, I have to trust somebody who is on the ground, who's in the building, who knows the people that's in the building. I have to trust what he said. And they got Russell Wilson instead of Aaron Rodgers, and it's basically what he said. They're not even a playoff team. So I think a lot of the Russell Wilson – fallout is because of who Russell Wilson is, his approach to the game, his approach to life in general, rubs people the wrong way. People don't take him serious. They think he's a phony. Just all the, all that sort of stuff. And, you know, and, and when you're doing those sorts of things and you're not winning, people are going to start saying, oh, we should bench him, take his job. He didn't deserve it anyway. You get the, the, the sideline blow up with his teammates, side-eyeing him and him not really responding in an aggressive manner, kind of responding in a, well, I'm just not, you know, I'm going to let you talk to me any type of way, man. And you got all of that going on. And so now you got a head coach that has to come out and defend a quarterback that they just gave $200-plus million to that was supposed to be the franchise savior. Now, can he turn things around next year? Maybe. Maybe this is what Russell Wilson is, that maybe Pete Carroll knew that, saw that, and understood that. Uh, one of the things that, that the NFL teams, and you both know, uh, Shay and Courtney covering this, this league a very long time. You tell me, when was the last time a team decided to part ways with a Super Bowl winning quarterback that was not 75 years old like Joe Montana with Steve Young sitting behind you? <laughs> doesn't happen. Yeah. Just, it just doesn't happen, right? People don't get rid of star quarterbacks. No, they trying to find star quarterbacks. All right, Key, before we get you out of here, i got to ask you about your Trojans, number four in the college football playoff poll that came out yesterday. They play in the Pac-12 championship this weekend. How impressed have you been with what Lincoln Riley has been able to do in year one, taking a team that was 4-8 and eight last year into the number four spot in the CFP? It's huge. I mean, being able to, to basically 
turn this thing into free agency and go in the portal and getting players to transfer in the portal was big for us. And I think his personality, his style, and guys know that they have an opportunity to go play on Sundays. It's very easy to recruit in that manner, and that's what it was all about. It was all about getting the players. And once he got the players, him and his coaching staff just certainly coached those guys up and get them to respond a certain way. Uh, I'm impressed with how they played down the stretch, obviously beating UCLA and then just smashing. I was at the game on Saturday uh, night against Notre Dame by putting a foot on Notre Dame's throat. I wish they would have held the tight end down. He got, you know, he had some nice catches and decided to play a little bit, but they did exactly what they were supposed to do. They were supposed to beat those two teams. Now they got a chance to see Utah for the, the, the second time on Friday in the Pac-12 championship. And if they take care of that business, there's no way that they are not going to be in a college football playoff. And I would love to sit at number four and play against Georgia because people think that Georgia's defense is just so lights out. I really want to see them against our high-octane offense and Caleb Williams. Yeah, Keyshawn's right. This is a team they lost to earlier this season. The Trojans lost to the Utes, so a rematch indeed. And and if they win, then they're essentially in. Keyshawn Johnson, thanks for joining us here on Canty and Carlin. All right, guys. See you later. That's Keyshawn Johnson. You can hear him on Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max in the mornings here on ESPN Radio. Shea Cornett, Cordy Cronin filling in for Canty and Carlin. And you can be a part of Canty and Carlin Nation on the Dr. Pepper call line. Give us a ring, 888-SAY-ESPN. That's 888-729-3776. ESPN Nation is presented by Dr. Pepper. It ain't college football season without the delicious taste of an ice-cold Dr. Pepper. The ones fans deserve. Speaking of college football playoff and all this USC chatter, Courtney said something yesterday that I couldn't agree with. Disagree, I should say. I couldn't disagree with more, which doesn't happen a lot. You know, we went to the same college. We're from the same town. And yet still the same team. We're basically the same same person. We are. But we don't always agree on everything. And this one could get heated. Stick around. It's Canteen Carlin on ESPN Radio. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive ebay motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance superchargers roof racks exhaust kits led headlights and more whether you're into speed power or style ebay motors has you covered with over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die you'll always find exactly what you're looking for and with ebay guaranteed fit your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Ten seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships. Your skills. Your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business. No matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash network. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. 
If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Did you miss Canty and Carlin? Oh, yeah, it's a great time of year to be a college football fan because the college football playoff rankings, the final edition, come out this weekend. Obviously, yesterday we got a little teaser of what's to come as we've got conference championships here on the horizon. This is Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio. I am not Canty or Carlin, and neither is she. That's Courtney Cronin. I'm Shay Cornett filling in for the guys here this evening. You can hit us up on the Dr. Pepper call online, 888-ESPN, 729 Three seven seven six. So again, those college football playoff rankings came out last night, and so let's go four to one here. Four USC, three TCU, two Michigan, and at number one is Georgia. On the outside looking in, you've got Ohio State at five, and Alabama at no- number six. So that is mayhem. Mayhem moment here is brought to you by Allstate, which you can switch to Allstate and save to get protected from this year's mayhem. Um, speaking of mayhem, Heather Dinich weighed in as she always does. She's our ESPN college football reporter. She was on KJM this morning, and she talked about the small margin of error for TCU and USC. Here's Heather. There is no margin for error for USC. They lose, they're done. TCU, I think, has a little bit more leeway because at some point, guys, we're talking about getting in by default. You've got Georgia in. You've got Michigan in. If USC loses and TCU loses... I mean, who else is there? Then you're going to, well, TCU only has one loss. Ohio State has one loss. And then Alabama sort of creeps back into the conversation. (laughs) I think that she's right. Like, I get it with USC. I don't think that that's a fair thing, that they have such a small margin of error that if they lose their conference championship game this weekend, Shay, that they're out. But why are we penalizing two teams that are playing in their conference championship games when the other two that you mentioned are on the outside looking in? Alabama, Ohio State, flip that order, five and six. They're staying home this weekend. Let's not make the same mistake that the committee made several years ago when they left Wisconsin out because they had to play a 13th game and they lost in the Big Ten championship. Like It doesn't make sense to me why the top four won't just stay the top four and we use this weekend for seeding purposes only. I don't think that the CFP for all that it's trying to do to give us the best matchups possible and have the best teams in there. If you think an 11-1 USC team is worthy of being in there right now, why do you need to see them play another game while the other two on the outside looking in are staying home? Okay, Court. So last year in the NFL, remember when the Colts played Jacksonville and they went into Jacksonville and they looked horrendous and they got bounced from the postseason? But we had seen their body of work the entirety of the season, and if you had just eliminated that one game, you would have probably put the Colts into the postseason. But then you saw that and you thought, nope, this is all Carson Wentz's fault. He needs to go to the Commanders. Colts are trash. They're terrible. And they haven't looked back since. There is no other sport 
that we can't say you need to play the games in front of you and they matter for when the postseason comes. Why would it be any different for college football? And if you don't have the same strength of schedule or strength of conference or you're not playing in that conference championship game, well, then good for you. Then you're in a very precarious situation. But I think that there is no reason that we shouldn't use these conference championship games to then figure out where these teams belong in the college football playoff. We don't do it for the NCAA tournament. I mean, there are teams that are on the bubble and they go into their conference championship tournament and we're hanging on one game. Trust me, you and I know this because it's been Indiana. It feels like the last five years. We're watching every play of conference tournaments because of that. So while I, I hear what you're saying, like it's frustrating and there's all of this, you know, we're praying for chaos kind of or not for chaos depending on who you root for i feel like there's no other sport where we could use that same logic the, and it wouldn't it, make sense for college it, football and that's why the indianapolis colts logic doesn't make sense because that was week 17 when they played las vegas they lost and they looked terrible in that game and then they lost to jacksonville the week after that that's all the regular season it's not like they were in the wild card round and then had to play a game to get into the actual postseason like college football's a different structure and that's fine and the committee's trying to do what I believe is philosophically sound, but let's not try to make the same mistake that they made in 2017 when they moved the 11-1 Alabama team from 5-4 to four because of Wisconsin losing in the Big Ten Championship game. You can go behind that. 2016 when Ohio State got in 11-1 rather than Penn State, who was 11-2, but the Nittany Lions lost both both their losses came in the regular season, not in the Big Ten championship game. So I think after 12 games, you know what you've got here. And it it bothers me that the margin of error for USC is as small as Heather was saying it is, because let's think about their big wins that they had this season and what they did with Lincoln Riley. Like, why why should they only have a one-game margin of error here when we're not going to give that to anybody else? Like, they ended up beating Notre Dame last week. They beat number 16 UCLA the week before that. The team that they're facing in the in the big Pac-12 championship game this Friday is a team they lost by 1-2 earlier this year in an overtime game against Utah. Like, why should that carry more weight than what they've already proven to us? That they lost on the road at Utah. Excuse me, that wasn't an overtime game. It just felt like it because it was 43-42, to um, and it was a late-night game. But why should that carry more weight than what they've already proven to us, having to see them play a 13th game when everybody else in the outside looking in, hoping that TCU, hoping that USC stumbles, they don't have to do the same thing? Because Pac-12 isn't as good as the Big Ten or the SEC. That's why. Because they have to face teams like UCLA and Stanford. UCLA look to be... UCLA is the 16th ranked team in the country. Sure, sure. But their strength of schedule and the way that they've looked down the stretch, they don't look to be the 16th ranked team in the country. Whereas Ohio State and Michigan, albeit that wasn't very competitive, I think that they have proven Ohio State to be a better team than obviously any other team that USC has played. Like that's, that's not the the big 10's fault that the PAC 12 can't hold their own or the big 12 or whatever. Like that's the conference's fault. Play better, have a a, challenge yourself with games instead of playing some of these cupcakes. Like you have to be better. Like I hear, I hear what you're saying. It is frustrating. It is frustrating. Okay. And, and I think that's why we have a committee and that's why we argue about it. And you know, when there's 12 teams, we're going to argue about the 13th and 14th. Of course and that's, we are. Totally. And that's what makes college or athletics in general so great. But at the end of the day, it, it's, you have to play a with who's on your schedule, who's in front of you. And it matters. Like it matters now that the big 12 has a conference championship game. That was the decision they made I think it was a good one too to go ahead and schedule that so they can't be penalized for it if TCU goes out and loses that game like 
that's their problem. Like that's your problem now. And you have to deal with the consequences because you weren't able to finish out the season the way that you should have. Also, can we go back to this? You don't consider the wild card round a playoff game? No, I do. I'm saying that like your logic there of like the Colts, if we were just to go ahead and throw them into the postseason, like they were playing in the regular season though. Every, all 32 teams were playing up until week 18 when that happened. It'd be different if some of the teams were sitting home and the Colts were playing in a game that, you know, would get them into like a conference championship. We didn't have that. It's, it's just, I, the logic and the structure between behind the CFP is not perfect. I think it's better than what it was when it, we were in the BCS era. Agreed. But you're looking at something that's not a level playing field, and we know that. The committee's trying to do its best to put the best four teams into that. Eventually it will be 12, and we'll be arguing about, you know, why an LSU team at three wins or three losses this year, mm-hmm. you know, might or might not have made it. But regardless, I just – I don't see a scenario where TCU loses its first game, USC loses it potentially its second game, and the other teams that are done playing had a shorter season. Like, it should not be considered at that point putting them into a spot that they didn't earn, frankly. Okay, we'll agree to disagree because I don't agree with you, but I see where you're coming from. We'll agree to disagree. All right, ESPN.com ranked the 25 players under 25, and one of our colleagues went too far with his analysis. And when I say too far, I think that's being generous. We'll talk about it next here on ESPN Radio. It's Canty and Carlin, Shea Cornette and Courtney Cronin filling in for the guys. We'll be right back. Now, let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac, weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom! Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good! The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. Feeling like you need a marketing degree and an extra day in your week to successfully market your small business? Let Constant Contact do the heavy lifting for you. Constant Contact's award-winning marketing platform has powerful tools that make it easy to grow your audience, engage your customers, and sell more to boost your business. Now, in just a few clicks, you can launch a marketing campaign that's tailored to your business and goals. That includes email, social, SMS, and more. So you can sell more, raise more, and fast-track your business growth. Plus, you can always count on Constant Contact's award-winning customer support for guidance along the way. So get going and start growing your business today with a free trial at ConstantContact.com. Constant Contact, helping the small stand tall. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Do you miss Canty and Carlin? Candy and Carlin on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Series XM, Channel 80, and on your smart speakers, Shay Cornette, Courtney Cronin filling in for Candy and Carlin. And as always, we are presented by Progressive Insurance. You can call us on the Dr. Pepper call online, 888-SAY-ESPN. It's 888-729-3776 because maybe you'll feel something, some kind of way about what Chris Carlin had to say 
earlier about the disparity between Justin Fields and Tua Tungavailoa. Listen to this. Guys, I can make this argument, and I can sleep well at night. What I've seen from Justin Fields this year, in many ways, is more impressive than what I've seen from Tua. When we take into account what's around him. This dude has got absolutely nothing. And now all of a sudden, because Teron Armstead might be out this week, we're worried about Tua. We've got our excuse built in. Okay. So, uh, fun fact, Courtney Cronin covers the Bears very closely there in Chicago. Bears are the football team I follow most closely as well. So this hits differently for the two of us. However, I'm just going to say, and then I'll let you go, Courtney. This, while I, while I love this take, and I want to love this take, it is so lopsided to me considering Tua has won so many more games than Justin has, not only this year, but there's just a larger body of work. And yes, of course he has more weapons. I mean, anyone with two eyes can see that. And anyone that has watched a football game can see he has more weapons. And they're built to win now, the Dolphins are, where the Bears are just simply not. But I think this is what we expected from Justin this year, right? Was to see some growth, was to see him take a step forward, to see if he was that franchise quarterback for Chicago. He's proven that. Great and fine. But Tua has actually proved that not only is he the franchise quarterback in Miami, but he goes out and he wins games. The, the, the Dolphins are undefeated when he starts and finishes games for them this year. He's overcome controversy. He leads the locker room. How are we not putting him in a category higher than someone who's only won three games this year? Well, I think what Carlin's trying to say, just in terms of Justin Fields and what all he is responsible for, you can put like, – nobody's had to do more with less than Justin Fields. And that's – that's fair because and you see it, it it's embedded in the rushing stats and you know that Miami Bears game back in October or excuse me early November when he ran for 178 yards breaking the quarterback rushing record in a single season regular season game that's all really impressive but <laughs> Two is an MVP caliber quarterback right. right now. Justin Fields has st- is still so young in his career, has been hurt because he's dealing with a separated shoulder, and the body of work, we still need to see what he's like as a passer. Tua has improved in that category mightily, and it shows you when you make additions in free agency, Shay, when you go out and get him, someone like Tyreek Hill, his QBR goes from bottom five in the NFL to where it is right now. Number one in the NFL at 82.8. So it's very clear you surround him with weapons, what Ryan Poles can do for Justin Fields next year, the year after, so on and so forth. Then you can get this sort of trajectory. I just think it's a little premature to be putting Justin Fields into a tag of Iloa in the same conversation of who's, you know, I guess what Carlin was at least attempting to tell us, that he's been more impressive than Tua this year. Tua's been in in a class of his own. Justin has been impressive given what is not around him right now. Right. And and I think there's levels to this. Like you can be, everyone's entitled to their own opinion and you can be impressed for different reasons. And yes, again, I think that we've all been satisfied and pleasantly surprised by what we've seen out of Justin Fields, especially given the quarterback history in in Chicago and with the Bears. However, Tua has proven that he is now a winner for a franchise that is built to win right now, and that in itself should be impressive. Also, I feel like Tua's just had to, like, overcome so much ever since he went into the league, like, between the hip injury and was he drafted in the right place, and can we believe in the Dolphins? And this has just continued, it feels like, throughout the entirety of his career, and apparently it is going to continue um, we're actually going to hear more from Carlin in an hour so we can ask him more about the take. So that should be fun. And that will be coming up on Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio. Check out Canty and Carlin weekdays on ESPN Radio.